Welcome to Mercola Healthy Pets Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and as a part of our 10-year anniversary celebration, I'll be interviewing some pretty amazing colleagues who practice integrative and functional medicine. Starting this week, you can also nominate your vet or a local rescue or an inspiring individual in your community to be the recipient of our new Healthy Pets Game Changer Award. I hope that you'll tune in every day this week to be inspired and educated by passionate healers from around the world. And don't forget to nominate that special someone that you know that has gone above and beyond to help animals. Again, thank you so much for your support. Hi, this is Dr. Karen Becker and helping me celebrate Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week is Dr. Joyce Harmon. Welcome Dr. Harmon and thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me. Well, thank, thank you for having me. I think that this is just a great idea and a way to help people connect to what we do. Yeah, I agree. And you do, you do all sorts of things that um, are amazing to me because I literally have, I, I have no large animal experience, none, and certainly no equine experience. And that's the world that you live in. Did you go to vet school, Joyce, knowing that you wanted to be an equine practitioner? Or did you fall in love with horses during your veterinary experience? I kind of wanted to be the first woman uh, horse vet back when I was about four or five years old. And that really kind of stuck with me my entire life. And eventually, when I went to vet school, that was what I was going to be. But at that point, I found out that I was not the first, <laughs> that there were many other women vets um, working in the horse world. But, but that was my goal. And, and when I went into vet school, you know, I wanted to be an equine vet. And I thought I wanted to do sports medicine and exercise physiology. And I didn't know anything about alternative medicine at that point, but I was definitely headed for equine medicine. So what was your transition then when you graduated from veterinary school, ready to start your equine medicine career? Walk me through, did you get frustrated that you didn't have the tools you needed? Did you see something with a patient that was kind of eye-opening to you? How did you begin adding additional modalities after you graduated? So I got out of vet school and actually I went to work in England for a little while in sports medicine and exercise physiology because I was really interested in the, the performance horse and, um, and enhancing performance rather than just treating sick animals. And while I was in England, actually backing up, one of the veterinarians that I used to, to visit had read an, the original acupuncture book that was published back in the 70s. And he was playing around with it a little bit. And I thought, you know, that's kind of intriguing. So while I was in England, I actually went to a veterinary seminar on acupuncture. And I thought, this looks, this sounds really interesting. And I had, what really kind of headed me in that direction was more of a personal experience because I had had seizures that they never really figured out why, and they wanted to give me drugs. And I was, there was just a part of me that didn't want to take the drugs. So I was kind of looking, starting to read some of the early books about some kind of alternative to, to the drugs. 
So fast forward a little bit, I come back to the States. I'm working in, in a big equine practice with the latest equipment. And I clearly remember driving down the road one night late thinking, you know, I'm not making a contribution. I really thought I could make a contribution in, to the horse world and to the, to the veterinary world. I didn't, still didn't know what that was, but that thought, I have never sort of forgot that night. I remember the road that I was driving down. So I, I was playing a little bit with, acu, I wouldn't even call it acupuncture, putting needles in horses using this book. And then I heard about Dr. Marvin Kane, who came through my area, who was one of the original equine acupuncturists. And so I, I went to watch him work at a farm one day and he said, oh, there's an, there's an acupuncture course, the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society. And I thought, oh, I've got to go take that course. So around sometime after that, I left that practice and uh, at about the same time took the acupuncture course and kind of the rest is history from there. And actually, through that, had my seizures treated, and they have never come back. So wow. acupuncture is obviously my beginning. Wow. Well, and that's, that's, those are profound experiences enough to sh shift your reality and your course of practice, of course. Dr. Harmon, what advantages do you see by you building on the toolbox that you graduated with and then adding to it? What, if, what are some of the advantages you've seen over your very fulfilling and successful career as an equine practitioner. The, um, the big thing is that the toolbox that we have uh, for treatment is really unlimited in holistic medicine. You know, in, in conventional medicine, we have many times a certain set of drugs or therapies that we can, um, that we can use. And once we've used those, if the animal hasn't responded, we really can't do much else. Yeah. And so you're kind of standing there saying to the client, you know, I, I've done everything I know how to do. In the holistic or alternative, or really the best word is integrative medicine practice box is, is big and, and it really doesn't have defined edges because there's always something else and so we have just say in herbal medicine that box is very large because you can approach it from a western perspective you can approach it from a chinese perspective from an ayurvedic from a european you know you have just many many choices just within that modality and really all of the modalities are similar. Acupuncture, you can practice Chinese style, Korean style, Japanese style. And so the toolbox is kind of unlimited. Yeah. The other thing is, is that you really get to spend time with your patients. And one of the biggest frustrations is, you know, that yeah, you're supposed to be on to the next place. You're supposed to spend as little time as possible on the farm, get the job done, you know, vaccinate 40 horses in 40 minutes if you can do it and not take a, a time to look in each horse as an individual. And so with the alternative medicine toolbox, the 
part of that toolbox is spending the time getting to know your patients, getting to know who they are and what their needs are. And, and out of that, first of all, I think that clients are wildly appreciative that you are as the healer, you're taking time. And I think part of that art of medicine is understanding, getting to know your patient well enough to really know them so that you participating in their healing response are choosing wisely because you've taken the time that's necessary. Your clients, of course, love that. But that also makes you a better practitioner because you're, you're, you're taking the time to do maybe the advanced diagnostics, maybe tongue and pulse diagnostics that you're doing, uh, but also the personality and the history and the disease history and the environment, all of those things that you are stopping to evaluate that maybe we weren't necessarily taught to do hour-long exams in veterinary schools, that's, that's for sure. Have you, over the course of your career and in shifting how you approach medicine and how you approach disease and healing, you've seen a lot of evolution. And part of that evolution has been with the acceptance of non-drug modalities or supplements or nutraceuticals. Talk to me a little bit about what the perspective has been, both from your conventional colleagues, but also your clients. When you say, hey, in place of using what, you know, these options, we could start with these options. What has the response been? Because it probably has shifted in the last 30 years for you. Yes, and it has been <laughs> 30 years as of uh, February. Yeah. So it has changed enormously from people kind of giving me cash behind the table because I didn't want anybody to know that, that we were doing some acupuncture or wow. some herbs or, God forbid, you know, some of those homeopathic remedies. And one of the things that I find fascinating is that some of the, many of these things actually that we have been using for 30 40 years simple things like fish oil and probiotics we were considered voodoo practitioners yes it's true and even even conventionally um even even amongst some of the holistic colleagues 10 15 years ago probiotics were still kind of considered well you know they're probably just getting digested in the stomach and making you feel better but not really doing much and now probiotics are one of the hottest research topics that there are worldwide and the even the livestock industry is starting to look towards probiotics because they don't have any tools they're they're they've used up their antibiotics and oh wow, these probiotics are kind of cool. So we have lasers. Back when I bought my laser years ago, I mean only really alternative kind of people have lasers. Now those are in almost every progressive vet practice. Yeah. Um milk thistle. Milk 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 thistle was one that used to be a, you know, it was an herb, so of course it it, it doesn't do anything. And then the next thing you know, finally, they looked at the research. There's only probably 10, 15, 20,000 research papers on milk thistle, maybe even 100,000 at this point. So they did a couple of research projects with animals, and lo and behold, it works there too. 
And now you see that in some form yep. in conventional practices that, that do not consider themselves alternative in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So there's just a whole bunch of things like that. Um, turmeric, fish oil, um, hemp and CBD. I mean, of course, that was you know, really taboo. And now even the universities are happy to do research on it. You know, just as a side note, what, what's, do you give CBD to horses? Absolutely. CBD and, and horses is, is, I think, one of the next latest, greatest things. It, is, um, it has similar actions, both mentally and physically. It's anti-inflammatory effects. It's anxiety effects. It's um, immune system effects as in any other species. Yeah. And yep. uh, horses are natural herbalists. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I suppose anything that has an endocannabinoid system would respond to that. I think about the volume that maybe horses need and it may be cost prohibitive. Are, are horses sensitive so that you don't have to give them a lot? This is totally off subject, but I, I, I'm fascinated. <laughs> Do, do, is it a large amount or are you able to get by with actually relatively small doses? Like kitties are quite sensitive. You can get by with very, very, very small doses. The cool thing about horses is that, that they are herbalists. Yeah. And like many, many things, a mouse eats many times its body weight compared to an elephant, even though an elephant eats a whole tree for lunch in proportion to its body weight it's much, much less. So the same is very true with horses and herbs. Most of the time for most herbs, we're feeding, you know, two, three, maybe at the most four times a human dose hmm. to a thousand, twelve hundred pound horse. And so the same thing actually holds true with the CBD. Okay. It does take a little bit higher doses and and consequently can be a little bit more expensive. So we can actually use it while it's still on the plant okay to make it a little bit more cost effective but yeah makes sense they're they're happy yeah yeah well and that's that's yeah that's fantastic um i think that horses my perception is that they are incredibly sensitive and we oftentimes um are not they we're not the best at um identifying what they're trying to communicate to us so i would think that cbd would be quite amazing as uh, as one of the remedies in in your toolbox, I would think that that would be a, a monumental blessing for those that 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 are open to using it. That opens up a whole other area of, like you said, pain management and behavior management that you don't have available. So that's yet another tool in in your toolbox that maybe is different from your conventional colleagues. I'm sure that like other integrative practitioners, because you have consistently been adding to your toolbox your whole career, you have a lot to choose from, which, which results in a rewarding career for you, uh, a happy career. You are a happy, fulfilled practitioner. And I'm thankful for that. What would you say gives you some of your most satisfaction in a day's work for you, Dr. Harmon? There's, there's so much. One of, one of my favorite things is, is that the horses really like me. 
and many horses. <laughs> when you walk so, in the barn as a conventional vet with a bunch of needles and syringes, the horses go to the back of their stall and they kind of hang out there until you retrieve them. And I have horses that are leaning out over the door uh, that are trying to say hi to me, even if they're not due to be worked on that day. So that part is is super fun because the horses the horses like me and so and good. I enjoy them. So good. And I get to I get to take the time to to be with them, to get to know them, to um to really understand them and the little things that um that clients notice about their horses become important when we're looking at things from a holistic perspective. And so the histories that we take are so much more extensive. And the people enjoy sharing that part of their horse. And yet it also helps me to really understand them and be able to prescribe better for them. So instead of being, instead of sort of brushing off what people have to say that they notice what their horses like or don't like, that different weather effects, that whether they have friends or not. I mean, horses have emotions. They have, they can get depressed. You know, what do we need to do to get this horse out of his depression so that he can become functioning? You know, and the conventionally, you know, stick them in the stall and they'll get better. But no, we got to find a way to make this horse happy so that he can get out and heal. Mm. And that's one of the most rewarding things that I find. Yeah. And, and I do, I have, I'm blessed to have horses that, that like being here, that people that love their horses. There's very, I just don't have clients where the horse is a machine and they really don't care. So good. And, it's just, it's a blessing to get up every day. Yeah. The, and you know, that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, so many of our conventional colleagues don't feel that way. And it's really refreshing to be able to talk to so many integrated practitioners that celebrate their job. They love going to work every day. They love that intimate relationship with the animals in your situation, you really practice what I would call relationship centered medicine, where you know your patients like your own horses, which of course is fantastic for the patient, but has to make the clients, you, I mean, you are really in essence a part of their family, which has to be rewarding for everyone. And of course the horses win because you know them maybe second to their owners, you know them intimately, which is awesome. Really, really good. And I can see why that would be wildly fulfilling for you. It's inspiring to me, even though I don't ever touch horses, <laughs> it's wildly inspiring to me to know that there are practitioners out there celebrating the relationship that people have with their horses and doing everything they can to not to care for the physical aspects of the horse, but also that relationship that's you're nurturing that relationship by focusing on the health and well-being, both physically, mentally, emotionally for horses, which I love. Dr. Harmon, if you could give one parting thought or comment or words of advice to both owners at Guardians and veterinarians, what would you like to tell people? That's, that's actually, that's a question that I really love because I think one of the most important things that we can do is to learn to listen to, listen to our animals and listen to our gut 
because I can't tell you how many times my clients will say, you know, I just, I, I think this is what's going on. And they're right. And I would not have come up with that myself because, or I might have, you know, some period of time down the road after doing some diagnostics and listening and taking histories and trying a few things. Some of these people are incredibly intuitive about their animals. And in reality, they do know their animals. They may not know how to put a disease con condition into words, but they can often describe what's going on. And I think that I learn from them on a daily basis. And I learn from the animals too, because the animals can actually, sometimes they'll just reach around and point to the problem. And you go, oh, okay, I need to work on your ribs here. Um, but I think that it's, it's one of the things we really miss in conventional medicine is we sort of figure, well, everybody's reading Dr. Google and there's nothing useful out there. But we do know, and we also need to trust our own, the, the owners need to trust their own gut that they can be right. And very often they are way more right than the rest of us. Yep. Brilliant words, full of common sense, but also spot on. You know, there's no better person more equipped with more knowledge and insight than the person that is that cares and owns and is that that animal's person. And we need to rely more on their insights. Yeah, yeah really good advice. Well, I'm wildly inspired as always, by everything that you are doing. Thank you for taking time to share your insights for Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. You have made us very aware of all of the amazing things you're doing in the horse realm, and we appreciate uh, your great contribution to Equine Integrative Veterinary Medicine. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. This is, this is really fun, and it's really great to see it get out there. And and right now, everybody has time to watch and listen. So yeah, yep. it's a good time to reflect. It is a good time to reflect. Thank you for your support. You're welcome.